Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, good day, good morning, wherever you are around the world. It's Mike Lee here in the Spurs show. Thank you so much for joining us. It feels like half term, doesn't it, now? With football ending, this weird, weird, bizarre World Cup in Qatar, um, which I'm sure we'll, we'll have to sort of talk about later on the show. Joining me tonight to sort of look back at the last couple of games and kind of decide if we're all happy with how uh, we're sitting uh, so far this season, is the writer, and we're going to talk about her wonderful new book about Tottenham coming out soon. Julie Welsh returns. How are you, Julie? Uh, I'm really excited because um, I don't have to watch Spurs <laughs> <laughs> the next few weeks. I think we all feel the same. I'm really <laughs> relieved we've got a little bit of a break. It's just the highs and lows just within a game is extraordinary this season. Uh, well, also, do... Yeah, go on. So, well, but what I do, what I have absolutely loved about it is this sort of late winners thing, um, yeah. you know, because that is really <laughs> so, so not Spurs. I just, I um, uh, maybe we can talk about that a bit later, yeah, the mentality sure. and yes, all that. Absolutely. I'm sure we will. Also joining us is the musician and producer, <coughs> record company guru, Simon Raymond. How are you, Simon? Very good, very good. Nice to see you all. Where Where are you today? Which 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 glamorous I'm down place? In, are you? In, I'm in I'm in the south coast in oh, uh, right. in Brighton in Brighton in my studio. Yes, I'm just uh, recovering from the weekend. Yes. It's like who Who are we? What What is this team we've become? It's It's just so bizarre. These feelings we're having are oh, all man. alien. Exactly. And finally, lovely to have him back from the Premier League. The Stato himself. Johnny Blaine. How are you, Johnny? Yeah, good, Mike. I feel like Jed Spence, first appearance of the season. There we are. And I think the last time I was on, it was with Julie, so maybe you only play me with Julie. Oh, there we are. Yeah, very, well. very Comte from you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, look, later on, as I said, we're going to talk about sort of where we are, but we're going to sort of... 
we obviously, since the last recording, we are out of the League Cup, uh, Nottingham Forest. But we've got to talk about that extraordinary match against Leeds United. It's always a, there's always a fixture I love. It sort of conjures up the 60s and 70s for me anyway, whenever we play them. And uh, it was another schizophrenic performance from Tottenham, um, booing at halftime. Uh, the Tottenham Boo Boys uh, booing and cheering when Royal was taken off. It was an incredible t- turnaround again. Julie, I mean, I most seasons there's one, maybe two games you can remember where we come back last minute and everyone goes crazy. It seems to be every other week this season, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I'm trying to work out what it is. I mean, we're kind of halfway towards being Real Madrid now because, of course, <laughs> they always do this stuff, or at least they did last season in the Champions League. And, yeah, they, they've done it all the time. And um, it makes me feel kind of optimistic. You know, maybe we're turning into Real Madrid with that mentality that it's never over till it's over. Um, I think that um, it's the first, time I've really kind of been convinced that um, Spurs are no longer nice. Um, mm-hmm. They've got that kind of, um, I had long discussions with Steve Perryman actually about winning mentality yeah. and what it was and what it meant. And and he went off into this long spiel about, um, um, you know, you have to play every minute as though it's a new minute. I, I just, I, I can't quite explain it or understand it in fact, but um, I think that I can I can actually deal with us playing shit in the first half because <laughs> I just know that by the end, you know, there's going to be something. There's going to be that turnaround um, and the opponent, whoever it is, they're just going to be headless chickens like PSG were last season mm. against Real Madrid. You know, there, there's, there's, a, there's a way that... Um, it, it it kind of reminds you a bit of Fergie time, that last 15 yeah. minutes when um, there's, there's some kind of psychological thing that um, whoever, whoever we're playing, they just know it's going to happen. It's like, mm. you know, this inexorable engine coming towards you with no brakes on. I mean, I mean, Simon, I, I, I must admit with this particular, I didn't see it coming. I was really frustrated when... We, I'm trying to, what's, what's, there's so many goals to to get back to. It was when we scored in the, sorry, when we got our first goal in the second half, Ben Davis. So that, that made it 2 2, didn't it? Made it 2 all. I thought then we're going to kick on. And I was so frustrated when we did nothing. We sat back, we did the same thing. There was no like, come on, let's just finish this off. And there was a good 15, 20 minutes when we kind of really didn't do anything. And then we went behind again. There was people leaving at that stage. And there was still 75, there was still, what, 15 minutes to go at that stage? Something like that. People leaving, just like, I can't take this anymore. I can't take this anymore. And then I didn't I didn't see the comeback coming. Obviously, Kulisevsky makes such a difference. Such a great player. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a bit more. I, I didn't see the win coming. And then when we did take the 4-3 lead with, five, six minutes to go. Yes, it was five minutes into time. 
Normally, I'd be going, we're going to blow this up. But we managed those last five minutes so well. I don't think they had a chance. We were running the ball into the corner. Julie mentioned there about sort of winning ugly and this different mentality, which is definitely there. And we didn't seem for once dead on our feet. Conte's been going about the dead on their feet, the fatigue, we're knackered, on and on and on about this. You think, well, you know, other teams have had exactly the same amount of games as I know you're not rotating it. So you can't moan about dead on the feet when you're not changing the team. But God, we look fit. Um, and it was interesting him saying after the game that, you know, um, the, the death of, of, of the, the fitness coach really had affected the players and people within the club so much. And I wouldn't say use it as an excuse, but, you know, you, if you, you're close to someone, you lose someone, it, it obviously can affect you. And I think that was a, a very interesting point. Yeah, I think Spurs fans are sort of going through this weird phase in their lives which we haven't really ever experienced before where we've got a, an elite manager and this is, you know I mean I suppose you could say Poch was on the way to becoming one when when he left us but you know Conte's a real serial winner mm. and we all feel excited and proud that we've got him in our club but there is a frustration there and I mean I, I would never resort to booing players uh, off the pitch or at half time I think that's just that doesn't that doesn't achieve anything in my view but I understand and I do feel that frustration. He is obstinate. You know, he, he is. The, why he why he'll persist with, with Emerson down the right when, you know, Doherty, when he's come on, has, has played well. In fact, mm. you know, he, you could argue that he was he was the best player when he when he came on in the in the second half. He 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 was instrumental in us winning the match. Kulisevsky, of course, uh, the big change there. But yeah, it's a funny time because I'm thinking when my son calls me before the games and says, what time should we meet up? I usually say, let's meet for a burger at half past before the game starts. But now I'm thinking, next time I'm just going to say, I'm just going to arrive at half time yeah. because there's exactly. very little point in me getting the traffic the first half. half yeah. We all, yeah, we all know what's going to happen in the first half, and it's it's beyond comprehension to be honest. We yeah. seem to have to go behind, yeah, to do Constantly. to show the fight, which is which is weird. I'm happy they show the fight, as Julie said. It's it's something we've, we've always lacked, but uh, it's it's incredibly stressful on the old heart. But the first goal uh, in the first half for like eight games, Johnny. I mean, obviously your job is you had to provide stats and information about stuff. I mean, you must be working overtime just on Tottenham with all this stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot of negative stuff, isn't there? And I'm trying to push out the positives. Um, like you just said, I think our first first half goal for nine games, is that a positive? I mean, it becomes a positive because you've ended a negative of eight. I, had to, I actually was one of those who left very early on Saturday. I actually had to leave, so I had an excuse. I had to leave... After about an hour, they got a free kick. I wasn't sure because I had to get to work for the late Premier League games, and I was umming and ahhing when I would leave. Mm. And they got a free kick on the edge of the box, and that was me. I was like, right, I'm done with this. I'm going to go in five minutes anyway. This this is my turn, my my time to leave. But as I was walking back to the car, I heard the roar up the high road, and I thought, oh, well, that's us. It's three two Spurs. It was so loud. Checked my phone, and it was obviously three two to Leeds. But as we've been discussing, there was this sort of. I thought we were going to. I didn't think we were going to lose, and I had no, I was I didn't see the game. It was on the radio, but I was flicking. I couldn't. I kept turning it off and putting music on. <laughs> I got the the update. I got, I got the update three all, and then I put it on, and I just felt we were going to score. And there's this. You know, we've scored so many late goals, which for us is quite rare, as Julie oh, said. Yeah. Um, but you've talked about Kulusevski and and the stats. Our record with him 
is so much better than it is without him. And I know we sometimes talk up players when they're injured. Mm. Um, you know, a player always, always plays best when they're not playing. But <laughs> he is so key to the way we play. I don't really like this word transition, these modern tactical words, but he's a transition between defence and attack, mainly because our wing, wing backs are so bad at it. He is the one that carries the ball for us. And I'm just so happy. People have compared him to Bale a little bit. I'm not going to put him up there, but he's so key and I'm so happy to see him back. Um, and you know, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I know that statistically we are a much, much better team when he plays and when he doesn't. And it's so clear to see. I mean, the other one, Johnny, that, that, that I read today is that um, this, this um, point of the season is the most goals we've scored at this point of the season in the Premier League era, which again is extraordinary because... Or, or, Boring, boring Tottenham. It's not. Yeah. It is, look, it is dull, but football is ninety minutes long, and we come good in the second half. And maybe Conte's got this theory at the moment that we can't play for two halves. We've had. Look at the intensity of the games we've had. Uh, six Champions League games squeezed into what nine or ten weeks when it's normally twelve. I don't. We're not going to talk about the Arsenal, but look at the teams benefiting. Arsenal, Newcastle, Brighton are benefiting from not being in the Champions League. Newcastle and Brighton are not in Europe at all. Arsenal are playing in the Europa League against Bar PSV against rubbish. Mm-hmm. They've made 11 changes this season, Arsenal. We've made, I think, something like 23. Chelsea have made 52. Mm-hmm. The Champions League teams, relatively, even Man City, are struggling. I think Conte's looked at it and gone, let's just get to the World Cup mm-hmm. and we'll be a different beast after it. And if we keep players fit, I really think we'll have a season like we did last season. Yeah, I think you're right. And Julie, I mean, you know, we're, we're all assuming... Uh, I mean, you never know with with Enoch, but we are assuming that um, when we come back, um, there will be some additions to the team as well. You know, I think most fans, well, we can all see our our, our, our wing backs aren't good enough. We can improve. Um, one, I mean, I, I think our centre backs. Obviously, Romero's been out for a while, but miraculously, immediately training with Argentina today, so he's Miracle. clearly had a conversation to sort of not play. Dyer has, I think, in the last month, since he even called up, seems to have gone backwards a bit, making errors. Uh, I hope he has a good World Cup. Sanchez, although, although Sanchez, the winning goal was Sanchez to Kane, Kane to Kulisevsky, in fairness. Um, but if we strengthen uh, in January the positions we want and we keep the key players fit, which obviously we haven't this season... We're in a, a, a great shout of, 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 of feeling very, very strongly this season, surely. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've sort of caught myself thinking this morning, I, I wonder what two fantastic players Paratici is going to come up with this year or this coming, you know, this year yeah. to come. Um, because, of course, both ben, Bentanko and Kulisevsky made a huge, huge, huge amount of difference. They yeah. got them for a song. Mm. Um, Kulisevsky's only 22. I mean, you know, barely, he, he's not. He's still officially an adolescent, in fact. Um, <laughs> and he is just fantastic. And the great thing is, of course, that Sweden didn't qualify for the yeah. World Cup. So, he, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing is going to happen to Gulasevsky. Well, one hopes nothing yeah. is going to happen to him um, during the break. Um, 
so yeah, if we can strengthen, if Paratici can come up with with another double like that. But just wanted to put in a word for Ben Davies, yes. who everybody sort of overlooks, but somehow he always does something absolutely crucial and key. And uh, what 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 he did against Leeds um, is is you know a, 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 an example as far as I'm concerned. I think I think he's he's great. He, he's he's our unsung hero. I mean, it's amazing um, to see him. You're right. I mean, to, the goal. I mean, it was on the edge of the box. I come in the last time ben, ben Davis was on the edge of the box, and it's not a set piece putting the ball in. Benton Kerr, who I think had a wretched scoring record at his last club, didn't start particularly well here. Uh, has now scored some key goals in the Champions League and uh, um, in, in the league as well. So he's scored more goals in the last two, I think, six weeks than he did in his first 206 league appearances. Wow. Incredible, isn't it? Unbelievable. Simon, where, where would you... Uh, I mean, the very fact that we all kind of seem to agree with where we strengthen, surely Power Teachers had months and months and months to identify players and hopefully have some deals ready to go. Do you think that could possibly be the case? Yeah, you'd hope so. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, everyone can see it, as you said, like uh, a, a centre-half is seems absolutely crucial. Um, I mean, Ryan Sessignon, you know, God bless him. I do think he's, he's a talented footballer, but Conti, I think... I don't know. He doesn't trust him, does he? Really, doesn't put him in in the big games. He's improved, um, but I think yeah, he's improved. But is he the right man long term for the job? Mm. Ivan Perisic had a pretty good game second half. Um, I mean, he were playing. They were playing Dyer on the right on the right side uh, uh, quite a lot, and then yeah. when Sanchez came on and he started bombing forward, I was like. Ooh. What is going on? Who are these players? They're all having quite schizophrenic seasons. Um, I've never thought Sanchez could pass. He's like one of the worst players you've ever bought. And then on Saturday, I'm like, he actually played really well. He passed it really just straight to feet, not overhit it. You know, mm. usually like thumps it up in the air and just it's just awful. But I was impressed by a lot of the players that I haven't been very impressed with. I felt so sorry for Royal. I really did. I want I want him to do well so that, bad. That sitter, that sitter of the first I, half was. Oh my god! But that pass when he when he when he got oh. the pass. Yeah. Uh, around the halfway line and yeah. he just sprayed no a third, beautiful 30-yard cross ball yeah. to to a Leeds player. Let's yeah. not get away from the fact that Leeds are a very, very good side from the, from the midfield well. forwards. They, they well. play lovely football. They move yeah. it really quick. Aronson is a is an absolutely beautiful player. Blimey, I wish we'd bought him. Uh, they've got some... Rodriguez, an excellent player. That uh, The kid that scores all the goals, Somerville, is it? Um, yeah, he reminds me of Aaron Lennon, and that's a really, really great players. And they were never going to be easy. They seem to score freely, but uh, you know, like us a bit at the minute, they also concede. So, I think what we need to do is just not get too carried away with things. Let the let the team do what they need to do. Paratici and Conte and, and Levy, if they pulled those two players out the bag last time, as Julie said, two of the best players we've bought in recent times. You know, maybe as influential as as when we bought Rafa, Rafa Van der Vaart. Um, you know, as is Kulisowski reminds me of Aaron, Aaron Robin. You know, he's got that such a beautiful balance on the mm. ball. If we can find two more like that in the defensive areas, well, there's a, there's a player uh, uh, that we already bought that's back at uh, his club this season. Uh, Udoji, is that, is that how you pronounce yes, it? Yes, he's at uh, Udinese. Um, next next season, Destiny Udoji. I mean, my son's season. my son watches 
my son watches watches his games right. said he's unbelievable yeah. So if he comes back, he comes next season, he goes straight into the first team, then uh, that solves that problem. So, yeah, I'm optimistic um, in, you know, in the way that any Spurs fan could be. So, like, not very. Mm. Johnny, I mean, <laughs> funny, uh, uh, um, players to come in. That, that, uh, someone mentioned Somerville there. I'd, I'd never heard of this guy. I thought he was brilliant. No, he was so great, dropping between the lines. Uh, he was he was just getting into those positions and dying other defenders didn't know to go with him. I thought he finished his goal. And even Rodrigo as well, I thought, is the third goal across Louis. Some people said, oh, Louis should have done better. It was a really, really good finish. It was, a you know, they're a much improved team and we had to do a lot to beat them, didn't we? Yeah, and look, it's the Premier League. You know, you're not going to get... Well, you might do, but we never seem to get an easy ride in the Premier League. Mm. Uh, and we're having to work hard. And we're in that situation. We go through these periods where you just think every time the opposition go forward, they're going to score. And we seem to be in one of those at the moment. You can't keep being 2-0 down or 1-0 down and, and, and hoping to get away with it every time. We got away with it against Bournemouth. We got away with it uh, against Leeds behind three times. But... We just need to find the right balance and maybe some harsh decisions have to be made. Like, do we say thank you very much to people like Eric Dyer? This might be controversial, Ben Davies. I like Ben Davies, but, you know, can we do better? Do we have to start making some big decisions to improve the squad? And we've got quite a few hangers on from some barren periods and, and we've got to look in January and, and the summer to possibly push players out and get better players in. That's the only way you're going to to uh, succeed is to probably to improve the back line certainly but more important Johnny do you think let's say at the end of the season we've got top four again or even top three or top two who knows things are improved a couple more players come in it's going well Kane would have broken the Jimmy Greaves record do you think can you see Conte staying or do you think if another big job came available, he might go or whatever? I mean, there's talk about the fact that he hasn't been at a club for many, many years and the security of a long job, like a Guardiola, like a Klopp, given the money, given the tools. Uh, he seemed quite happy. Do you think he stays on or do you think we start all over again? I think he stays on as long as we get in the Champions League. Mm. Can't see him staying if we get into the Europa League, but... I can see if there's... I think he's got another year. He contracts up, obviously, this summer. And there's a year in our favour, is what I've read. Yes, there's some extension which we can, um, uh, you know... We, we I, can, think he's, yeah. I think he'll stay. I think he loves being in the Premier League. I think he loves being up against the other big managers, Klopp, Guardiola. Um, and you watch that. You watch the Conte cam, which is great. I love mm. that when it comes out. You know, he loves it when we score, when we win. He's so passionate. Yeah. You look at... What we've got, the stadium, the, some of the players, if him and if Kane will stay, I think Conte will stay. If Conte will stay, I think Kane will stay. Yeah, I, I don't have a worry that Conte will <clears throat> leave. Okay. Well, look, let's go to a quick break. Uh, unfortunately, when we come back, we've got to talk about the abject, abject performance at the city ground against Nottingham Forest. Uh, to me, it was up there with some of the worst 90 minutes I've seen in a long, long time. Um, um, so back... In a couple of minutes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whistleblowers Daily is a bite-sized podcast that goes out every weekday of the football season. Join Mark Smith and a rotation of guests as they give you all the headlines plus some concise opinion on each, arming you with all the up-to-date football knowledge you need to get through your day. Whether it's bringing you reaction to the big games, fallout from the latest VAR scandal, or just someone to keep a tally of all Erling Haaland's hat-tricks, Whistleblowers Daily is the show to sort you out. Whistleblowers Daily, available every weekday of the football season. Search for The Whistleblowers, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back from the break. Uh, don't forget, uh, just to remind everyone, uh, Tuesday, December the 20th, the 100 Club is our annual Christmas show. Uh, special guest, ex-keeper and England keeper, Paul Robinson, uh, will be joining us. Uh, we've also got Martin Lipton and Theo Delaney, obviously. Go to balletto.co.uk or click the link in the uh, description to this podcast. There's seats, there's cheaper stand tickets, uh, really lovely to come along. Uh, our season ticket holders who come to all our events, they get in for free. Uh, if you want to get a Spurs season ticket and come to all our monthly events, go to season.spurshow.net. In January, we've got Jerry Armstrong, who couldn't make it last month. He's back in January. Uh, we've got Razor Ruddick still coming up in the new year. Some really, really good guests. I never fear we will continue with the Spurs show after throughout the World Cup would be there's so many Spurs players playing for so many different countries we thought we could certainly chat about those every week and we've got our, uh, our, our it's back our comedy panel show that we uh, produce as well never write off the Germans uh, that will be available as well me and Theo will be as well on so there's plenty plenty of things to look look at and finally Christmas around the corner go and check out our Spurs show merchandise some great t-shirts and sweatshirts the link is on the uh, description to this podcast, Julie. Let's we have to talk about the the League Cup game. Uh, we rested a few players, um, um, and we were dreadful. We were. I, I haven't seen a performance like that in a long time against the Nottingham Forest team, who also had rested players. And um, I thought we were lucky to just lose two 0 I just think that um, I can remember when Pochettino was mm. here that um, there was a similar kind of really, really abject performance. I can't remember whether it was um, League Cup or I have Colchester, a suspicion it? it was probably the FA yeah, Cup. It was the Colchester game. Colchester. Yes, yeah. And I just had this in- in- intuition that it was going to be a real, well, a real fuck up basically mm. because I that you you just get a feeling when when you know it's you get that feeling that it's going to be all fantastic it's only forest and I got that feeling and then I thought so we're going to lose badly as <laughs> and we did and I can't say that I was really really sorry because my old man is a forest supporter oh, okay. you know and he he he, he was 91 um a couple of weeks back. Wow, amazing. And That's so, great. you know, this might be the last chance that he gets um, to see, you know, for Forrest to have a bit of glory. So really, I'm probably not the best person to talk about how bad we were. Uh, all I'm just saying is the one nil down, I thought I, I'm not just not going to look at the rest of this. I'll just sort of maybe peep at the newspapers in the morning and see what they say, because I just knew. Yeah, really? no, you're right. You know, Simon, again, the frustration was that we picked a, quite a strong team. 
Um, and the poor sods that went up then. I know so many of you listening had a real problem getting back as well. There was roads shut and you had to go down A roads. And it's this thing that we have such an amazing support and have for many, many years that will go to the, you know, the furthest flung places to follow Tom Hotspur. And I think a lot of us felt cheated by that performance. You know, if, if you don't want to win it, and this obviously out of all the games coming, yes, I, I understand it was the least important game. Play the kids. Start with Spence, play Gill, play, you know, this one, that one. Give them a go. But when you see that lineup, you go, okay, we've taken this seriously. And it was just dreadful, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I thought they would they would rest Kane. I, mm. I was absolutely sure they would. I thought they'd rest Spence. I thought they'd rest, you know, a, a Forced, lot of I mean, players. I know Thorsten pulled off four or five top saves, I thought. Yeah, they could have won by way more. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, I'm glad I didn't go. Uh, not you know the last time I went to the Forest for a cup game, uh, the game got called off when there was a snow, yeah. uh, a massive snow blizzard, and I like I was almost at the city ground. And the game got called off for driving home, like probably in the seventies or the eighties, can't remember. But so I'm glad I didn't make the trip all the way up there to watch that because it was yeah abject. Um, but like Julie said, I kind of knew that was going to happen. I woke up in the morning and I just didn't feel good about it from the start. Doesn't matter what the team he picked was. I just had that funny feeling that yeah, Forest away in the cup on a on a cold, miserable midweek night. It's it doesn't feel right. It didn't feel like a game we could win, and they played like it. Mm. But I mean, John, there's a, there's a lot, obviously a lot of Spurs fans who uh, you know when they look at Enoch. And what they've done, this, you know, 2008, the last time we picked up a trophy. So fans always go, League Cup, best of all, you know, should be on paper, the easiest trophy to get to. Oh, if you win it, everyone always says to us, as a professional football footballer, it makes such a difference to get that first trophy under the belt. It really instills confidence. Where do you sit on that argument? I think you could probably have a three-hour podcast on the, you know, do we need to win a trophy? I think... We all want to win trophies. We love we love the day out. We can stop the Gooners and want the Chelsea fans and whatever else uh, pointing the finger at us. Would you rather finish ninth and win the League Cup? No, obviously not. Um, the way to grow as a football club nowadays, whether you like it or not, is to be in the Champions League. And I don't think, certainly this season, the next round of the League Cup is three days after the World Cup final. Now, I'm not saying any of our players are going to get to the World Cup final. We may have one or two. The whole squad's not going to be in the World Cup final, but it's just too soon after the World Cup for that. And you've got the next round in January and you've got the two-legged semi-finals. Yeah. Throw in the FA Cup, which I would like to prioritise because I think you can, it'd be nice to have a go at that for once. Bottom line, no. I wasn't bothered that we lost to Forest. Certainly not in this season. And as I say, I think the way to grow is to be in the Champions League and another trophy is a bonus. But most of the trophies are won by the same teams anyway. It's so hard to win a trophy now. It's not like the old days where I say that you still got your Wiggins winning FA Cups, but how, how did it do for them? They got relegated. Mm. Our priority has to be the league uh, this season of all seasons with the Conte situation, the Kane situation. We've just got to get back in the top four. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think if you look at the results from other big teams, there was maybe a similar feeling there as well. You know, Chelsea yeah. losing, yeah, Arsenal have. losing. You know, and I would not have expected. That. City who always win it can do it because they've got two squads yeah. who's got two squads yeah. City have we haven't yeah. Arsenal haven't yeah. Chelsea at the moment haven't can't do Liverpool it haven't. Yeah. no you yeah. can't do it yeah well, let's let's just discuss the next thing as I said at the, 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 the top of the show this is kind of this break now for the World Cup 
we find ourselves in fourth position uh, in the knockout stage of the Champions League. We've obviously lost to the Woolwich. We lost, uh, surprisingly, I thought I thought we were going to win that one, at Old Trafford. We then lost at Newcastle, probably, you know, with individual errors there. Liverpool, I thought we were unlucky we lost that one. And this is where we find ourselves uh, at, at this break. Most people, I think, Julie, if, if you just gave them the sort of the stats, as it were, points, goals scored and all that, you'd be going, oh, Tottenham are doing well. Ooh, this, is, this is a good start to the season. And yet most people out there, if you kind of follow what's, you know, follow people on social media, it's almost like we're about to get relegated, the, the way they're talking about this team. Where do you sit with where we are now? And you can talk about the style of football, but, but at the end of the day, I, I, I read a stat that if you look at the last 38 games, I think he's got more points than Guardiola and Klopp in, in, in the last 38 games of the season. If you, you know, if you, I mean, I know you can massage stats in different ways, but, you know, it's quite an achievement, really. Yeah, except, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to kind of be depressing about this, but, I mean, think, think of who we lost to. Mm. Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool. I mean, you know, we lost to the big teams, um, I think that you have to bear that in mind. It's not, I mean, whatever the stats say, that is not good, is it? Mm. Yeah, but, but thankfully, thankfully though, other than, what is it, Liverpool, we get to play these teams at home again, mm. which hopefully will make a difference. I think we're seven or eight points more than we were last season. And we, we never beat any of them at home last season. And we so finished fourth. We can, right. And if we can actually beat one of those teams at home, you know, for once, might be in a better position. <laughs> what does worry me is that Newcastle are looking dangerously good. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I have one of my sons is a Newcastle supporter, and um, how did you how did you allow that, Julia? I know. What went wrong? Where were you? I know. I know. I've I've failed. I've failed <laughs> as a mother. Um, <laughs> the other one supports United, which isn't so bad, of course, at the moment, but. Um, yeah, I, Newcastle, I mean, I got a, a message from, from this Newcastle supporting Changeling um, saying, I think we might be in a title race. And I thought, oh, no, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Newcastle are looking dangerously good with uh, Eddie Howe in charge um, mm. because there are remnants of the Mike Ashley era squad still in that side. And yet, you know, there they are. Yeah, no, the table. no, absolutely. I mean, Simon, you know, the, the the fact that this season so far, Chelsea are at a big old wobble, uh, Liverpool obviously, United are very up and down as well. Um, we already at this stage of the season, we've got a very, very good chance of top four, which I don't think many of us foresaw before the season. I don't think many of us, and I think when we got the Champions League draw in the group we were in, I think most of us thought we'd probably get through it. It was tough, but we did in the end. Uh, are you pleased with where we are? If you factor in that after the World Cup, let's hope the Canes of this world aren't injured. Homin Sum comes back well. They've had this, some of the players have had a, mi a mini rest. A couple more players come in. Uh, and obviously last season, we finished really strong in the league. With all those factors, I mean, it could be a very, very exciting second half of the season. Yeah, well, we're a second half team, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think the way I'm looking at it is, 
it's hard, isn't it, to step back instead of analyse it like with a cold heart because we're all so passionate about it. And, and by the way, my eldest son is an Evertonian, so we could be a lot worse. Um, yeah, so the way I look at it is there's times where the football is just not great to watch. But I, I don't think that's Antonio Conte's fault specifically. I think he's he's inherited some players that he wasn't able to change yet. And we've got to give him credit. He's only been there a year. Another couple of windows. He hopefully will be able to have a team of players that he and Paratici are happy with. Because there's obviously several players in the team, in my view, and, and, and I, I agree with you that, uh, that, that Ben Davis is a incredible club player loyal, hardworking, puts in some incredible tackles, gets us out of situation, scores the odd goal, but maybe long-term he's not the right guy. I agree with Dyer as well. Loving to bits as a Spurs player, as a Spurs fan, but again, he, he makes a lot of mistakes that he, 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 does, he shouldn't. Romero is the top, top quality defender, one of the best we've had. So I'm trying to think in two years' time, maybe we'll be having a different conversation. We'll be feeling a lot happier about where we are. I think the football we play, once he's able to train with the players, because I just think, when did they ever get to train? All they're doing is really recovering yeah. from the game yeah. before. Absolutely. When does he ever have a chance to actually tactically educate the players? It probably pre-season and maybe now, in the next five, five to six weeks, he'll have a chance with all the players that aren't there. Mm. But that's probably not a massive amount of help to us long term. Maybe it is. I don't know. So I'm trying to be positive and think this season isn't going to be the season we, we celebrate a, a, a cup or, or 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 a win in the league. But maybe maybe the season after or the season after that, we'll have something to look forward to. And it's hard to be patient because we've had so many years of barren... Uh, uh, you know, uh, of nothing. But yeah. hopefully there's something on the horizon. I think with Conte in charge, it's the best chance we're ever going to have, let's face it. You know, the stuff about bringing Pochettino back, I don't I don't buy into that at all. I don't think that's the right move at all. Yeah, Johnny, I mean, you know, there's a lot of players that haven't had a look in. Um, Papa Matazar being one, who nearly went back on loan. Gil being another one, although he's had bits and pieces. Jed Spence being the most obvious one. We all know it was a Conte purchase. The club wanted him. I thought he looked very good in the cameo he had against Nottingham Forest. One first touch, really good run. Had a header tipped over the bar, got into the box. But clearly Conte doesn't rate him. And there's other players around the fringes of the squad that aren't getting a look in. You kind of know what the midfield's going to be every single time. You know what the defence is going to be. You know what the team's going to be every single time. Do you think in January, obviously we talked at the top of the show about a couple more players coming in. Do you could you foresee some of these players maybe pushed out on loan as well? Yeah. He's never been much of a rotator and he's never been one really to bring youth through. He's very much now. Mm. You've got to get results now. And he does at Tottenham. He's got to get results now. Not much of a project manager. Um, so a friend sent me a message just before we were talking and he said, who could come in now that gets straight in the first team? Well, we would have thought that with Benton Kuhn and Kulisevsky. So I don't know who those players are, but there will be players out there that can come in and improve this squad for sure. Um, I would send out Saar and I would send out Gill on loan. Yeah. I mean, someone like Skip, you know, he calls him Skip. He seems to have a lot of affection for him, but unless there's a couple of injuries in midfield, is he going to play? Um, for me, it's all about now and I, 
I kind of, the whole Nottingham Forest thing, we should have played Hill, we should have played Spence, but he just doesn't trust these players. And it's clear he doesn't trust them. If he doesn't trust them, there's no point having them. I suspect we will send Spence out on loan in, in January. We couldn't do it in the summer because of the one of the transfer rules. You can't send a Premier League player back out on loan in the same window that you've signed him. Um, I think he'll go on loan and one or two others will. And I, I think we'll probably bring in one or two. We'll certainly try to. Yeah. And, and where are you, Johnny, with, with where we are this season? When you look at the cold, hard facts of where we sit in the league, where we are in, in, in the Champions League. What are your feelings on this? So you said to me in August, you're going to be fourth going into the World Cup and having won your Champions League group. I said, I'll bite your hand off. Mm. I wouldn't want to see Arsenal top of the table. But the thing about the Champions League group, I know on paper it looks like an easy group, but that you've got no whipping boy in that team. You've got no Haifa, no Copenhagen. No just, mm. It was like a Europa League group, but you know, arguably we're a top-level Europa League team, middle-of-the-road Champions League team. That was not an easy group. I know we made it hard. That was a three tough teams in that group. Yes, we made it hard for ourselves, but we did well to get out of that group top. And yeah, the bit in your hand off to be fourth and in the cha- still in the Champions League at the turn of the year. Mm. Yeah, no, I, totally break. Agree. I totally agree with you. Julie, just, just moving away from the currency at the moment, you've got uh, a book coming out that uh, you and Steve Perriman have been uh, collaborating on. Can you let the listener know uh, all about this and when it, where they can get it? Okay. Well, um, Steve Perryman is obviously, you know, the main person involved in it. You know, I, I just sort of keyboarded everything and wrote a few articles and um, wrote down his words. Um, it's great. The It's called 81, the year that changed our lives. It's about what was my favourite, favourite season in that era of Spurs because, you know, we were back. Um, it's about Steve's journey from relegation, taking us back um, to where where we belonged. It was his sort of promise to himself and his promise to the fans um, to... to bring back the glory days so it's it's just set that season 1981 and I, I loved it anyway that season because I, I was I, I you know I was reporting it along the way anyway mm. um it it's just it was so great to work with Steve he is such a laugh and he's so eloquent and um there's a lot of stuff in it which didn't go into that great book that he did you know uh, a spur forever mm-hmm. um you know there's it's it's kind of um just concentrating on that cup run um that ended up in that um fantastic chaotic mm. um Fine replay final um, at Wembley that Thursday night. Was it Wednesday night? Um, I'm just trying. I, um, it was a Thursday. Had, it, was a Thursday. it was a Thursday. It was high, the hybrid replay against Wolves, which was yeah. the, uh, on a Wednesday. Yeah. But um, ending in that fantastic run of Ricky Villa, that goal. Um, I mean, people still remember it. Um, I think it's. It's probably one of the best and um, most engrossing games I've ever seen. Um, And it was, um, in a way, 
it was it, again. I think it was about the winning mentality, wasn't it? You know, they 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 went, were one up. They, they were level. They were one down. They were level again. Um, it, I just loved that team. Anyway, yeah. you know, Aussie Ricky Hoddle, yeah, the great Tony Galvin, mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of another unsung hero as far as I'm concerned. That whole team, you know, Miller and Roberts in defence. Um, the bottle they showed, and of course Steve, the great captain, um, who, as far as I'm concerned, is is still our captain. Mm-hmm. Um, there will never be a captain like him. It's published yeah, by Vision Sports Publishing, yes. um, and you can order it online at the moment. Um, it will be in the Spurs shop. Um, might be next week. I'm not sure because I'm only the writer, you see, and they never tell right. the writers anything. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have it on sale as well at the Christmas show. VSP normally have a beautiful stand at the, at the event selling uh, lots of uh, uh, Tottenham books. So I'll have well, a Well, I don't know, actually, Mike, oh. because they I think oh. they've got some deal with the club. I see, I see. Yeah. I see. Um, it can so, only be there for a while. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're, fair enough. Then I'll, we'll, well, I'll get that for my dad for Hanukkah. You can be sure of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think, and if you, if you, um, I think Steve has got copies to to sell already. Right. I think okay. he's, he's allowed to do that. So if you contact Steve okay. via Facebook. All right. So um, well, I'll, I'll try and get a, a link or something and uh, certainly get that out there uh, so people go to the right place. Uh, to, to get it. Did you have to sit down with him at all and watch any of the games or was it just him regaling you with, with his memories or did you kind of, did he have to re-watch anything? Well, the, I mean, considering he's in Wiltshire and I'm in London, um, this was, um, we just talked on Zoom the whole time right. um, or on the phone. Um, right. in, in fact, I mean, the lovely thing about Steve is he's such a great communicator. He, he, <laughs> after the Forest game, I got this phone call from him and it, it just <laughs> It was a solid diatribe against Eric Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, um, I've, I've lost the thread of what I was saying now. But um, No, so, I, I, I asked you, you actually sat and watched any of the games with him. But oh, yeah, I, well, I did yeah. on my own, just yeah. reliving it, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I think, I think all the games set on YouTube... Was it was it the third round? Was it QPR no, replay? Wasn't it the first one? Yeah, um, yeah it was nil nil. I think I don't know if those yeah. are on YouTube, but most um, are. Well, the first the, yeah. the first um, round was um, at Loftus Road, yes. which, and it, that was a really crappy game. Yeah. Uh, replay, um, you know, all done and dusted. Um, so um, then there was that sort of slightly nightmarish game against Hull City, Hull City at the yes. Lane. Very tough game. Um, where. Um, yeah, it took a long time to break them down, mm-hmm. if I remember. Then Coventry, um, was it Coventry fifth round? Coventry, I remember. Coventry. I, Hoddle, I think Hoddle got a great goal on that one from memory. And, and Ossie was wonderful in yeah. that game. Then there was Exeter. Yes. Where, again, a took a goal long down time. in that one. Yeah, took a long yeah. time to break them down. Neil Warnock um, was managing them. I think, I think it was Neil Warnock. Well, Very early Neil Warnock, I think. I remember I'm going to make old, but I was only about six months when this was all happening. So oh, this really? is all great. Oh. This is all, I've not, I knew about the final and the semi-final, but I didn't know about these games. Yeah, no, it was uh, they, they were obviously a lower league team. Goal yeah. down. I remember their goal. It was called Steve Cherry, and we just couldn't beat oh, him. Yeah. It was just one of these games 
And obviously we, we did it. And then, uh, well, I mean, for to me, the semi-finals were up there with the final. And that's even yeah. with Ricky Veer's extraordinary goal. The Hillsborough, obviously a lot of people know, it was could have been an early Hillsborough disaster. The Leppings it was no, it was nobody, shocking, the right. Shocking. Uh, again, then, weren't learned. No, nothing it was, was learned. It was Eight years really on, eight years watch. on, nothing was learned. Shocking. Um, mm. The famous Clive Thomas penalty with Kenny Hippett diving, Hoddle tackle, won the ball. I was inconsolable for that's it. And then, luckily, I remember I'm glad it meant, you it meant, it yeah, I don't know. And then, luckily, it meant that we had that incredible night at Highbury where there was barely any Wolverhampton Wanderers fans there. Andy Gray, their best player, was injured. And obviously, I'm sure Spurs fans of all ages have watched those goals. And the famous huddle pass for the second goal and the Ricky Veer uh, thunderbolt for the third and obviously the finals. We're pretty lucky in that first leg. We all know that. Still the weirdest goal, that Hutchinson goal. I've never seen that kind of goal. I've never seen any other goal where a player has run out of a wall, it's hit him and it's gone in. Never see that goal again. And I've never seen a goal like Ricky Viz either. Uh, but that's, when you, knew, that's yeah. when you knew it was our destiny to yes. win the FA Cup yes. that year. And we talk about and now in the show that being behind. That, that game was oh, again 2 yeah. 1 two, one down. They scored one of the best FA Cup final goals of all time, didn't they? Steve McKenzie. It gets forgotten. Yes, it does. It does. Simon, were you there? Presumably you were there, weren't you? Oh, no. You, yes. Yeah. You yes, I was like uh, 19 years old. And, uh, right. you know, I've, I've been going to Spurs with my dad since I was about seven or eight years old when, when he when he was able to take me, that was. But, yeah, that was the sort of start of the real passion of Love Affair with, with, with Spurs. I remember like uh, Wembley, I was telling a friend the other day, I don't think my feet were ever on the concrete because <laughs> the, the, you were just in this sort of swarm of people just sort of moving from side to side and sway. It was quite an incredible experience, yeah. you know. Um, but, but, but yeah, the, 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 the memories are from, from what Julie said and then what you were saying it really takes me back. I must rewatch those 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 games because, uh, you know, it is easy to forget. Like when you go to Spurs every week, you just sort of consumed with the present. And it is important to remember um, the past because we have some incredible glory in well, our that, past that's, that's, that's significant. Side was was probably probably my favorite Spurs mm. side ever I mean they um there was the 81 82 and then the UEFA Cup in 84 yeah. which of course was an absolute cracker I mean that mm. was fantastic <laughs> um it, it was you know that 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 was a final which sort of goes down in miss as far as I'm concerned. But those those were that was the last time for a long time that Spurs were any good and they were fantastic. That whole and, side. And no no rotation. I mean we talk about you know Conte rotating. Gary Brook used to come on in certain yeah. games. And that was it. It was the, it was the yeah. same eleven and Gary Brook coming on. And then it was in the following season with then Clements came in, Paul Price came in, but literally it was the same 12, maybe 13 players, possibly. That was it. And the amount of games again, um, the following season, because we were in the European Cup, Winners Cup, and uh, those, you know, in, 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 incredible uh, era 
of Tottenham when we talking when about 1984. When it was their second talk, home, we were there so so often. What were the talking about 1984, yeah. 1984, and heroes from that that period. So the great Graham Roberts. I yeah. actually I actually bought a shirt of Graham Roberts in his. He does these auctions on Twitter or on, on a football social shirt media. or just like a nice denim shirt. <laughs> no, no, I bought a football shirt. He, he gets them signed <laughs> off the players. Yes, and it was it, it was Brian Hill had just signed to Spurs. And I did. I I bought a Brian Hill shirt off Graham Roberts for well, not a not a short not a small amount of money. Um, but it's worth charity. much less now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And at the time, I thought this player is going to in my garage at the moment. I thought I'd give it to my son for his like thirtieth birthday or something, but I'm not sure he'd appreciate it even now. Talking about Graham Roberts, I mean that that first <laughs> final at um, Wembley in '81 um, collision, clash of heads with Chrissy right, Houghton. That's right, the two. And he, well, he was concussed. Yes. Uh, it had it had a couple of teeth knocked out. Yeah. Um, they tried to stop him coming back for the second half, and he re- he, he he refused not to go out. Um, and I mean, a madman, really. But what what courage? I mean. What yeah. bottle? Wasn't it his? Wasn't it his tackle that led to Veer's goal? Was it his tackle? Then Galvin got the ball in the same. Yeah, same yeah, thing? that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, the box. T- Tony, Tony Galvin yeah. sort of did his usual thing. He ploughed his furrow up the uh, up the touchline. Yeah. And then he says he 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 kind of ran out <laughs> ran out of anywhere to go. So he stopped yeah. and turned round. And just then he he saw um, Ricky, um, mm. and you know. Just the rest, the rest is for history. want of anything else, he passed the ball to Ricky, and the rest is history, of course. Yeah, it's funny because he had a degree uh, in Russian, Tony Galvin. Yeah, I've been so ahead of his time. It, it's funny, um, it, it's funny the, the, the history of Tottenham Hotspur when you look at because you know, when you look at Ricky Veers, he wasn't at Spurs that long, didn't play many games, and yet you know, will always be remembered for uh, that goal. And then similarly, you had um, Alan Nilsson, not there very very long in the League Cup win. Ralph Coates didn't play that much uh, at Tottenham, League Cup 73. Lucas Moura, bit of a bit part player. Obviously, we've got the Champions League run with him. It's never the sort of big, well-known players that get the big goals in in these huge uh, moments for Tottenham. Interesting you say that. I was a Twitter row, if you want to call it that, last night, about can Kane be considered a great of course he can. Who's There'll be can? people who say, who no, of course, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> the there. But people will say, people will say, well, he can't be great unless he scores in the cup final. Why have you become that? You have to be, you have to, you have to win a trophy to be a good footballer. What is that? You know, I, I mean, bringing it back to now and, you know, I, I'm sure some of you might have looked at the fixtures and gone, when is Harry going to break that record? And I want to be there. Because I think that... Arsenal in mid-Jan. Oh, I'm, I'm there for that. Good one. Shot. Oh, that would be lovely. Awesome. Be lovely. I mean, to, to you know, and I know Julie, you, you saw Jimmy Greaves, and um, he'll he'll never be forgotten by people who saw him play. But I think many, many Tottenham fans never thought that record get. get I certainly never thought that record would get broken in my lifetime. To to be here now and witness a player again even uh, you know hasn't played that well this season but look at the goals he scored the way he took the goal against Leeds brought the ball down wonderful uh, finish he has been incredible this season and again because of Kulisevsky and Benton Kerr 
barely get mentioned by the press, I don't think, again. Um, obviously now captaining England in the World Cup. Um, his record is incredible. And whether... if he, When he breaks the record this season... I, I, I hate to see it. I don't think many Spurs fans could begrudge him if he went, I've broken the record. I've now been offered to play overseas. It, it's just a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, you can't sort of mow on, never do oh, I'll never cheer him again. I mean, what he's done for Tottenham Hotspur is, is, is incredible, the goals. Mm. Yeah, he's one of the best players we've ever had. And that's, that's not an exaggeration just because he's England captain and we, we, we're seeing him week on week. He is one of the best players we've ever had. And he's, a, you know, pretty much a homegrown player. Yeah. I think that's the problem, that he's not glamorous. Mm. Um, whereas, um, I mean, you know, Chingford boy comes up through the ranks, um, wasn't, really particularly fancied. I can remember um, a Spurs show way back. Um, the first, um, it must have been ooh, the start of the 2015 season, maybe, right. 2014. Um, now, I'm just trying to think, but there was a general sort of feeling of being underwhelmed about this sort of rather kind of um, slightly chubby blonde lad with a bad haircut um, mm. who seemed to be all we had. Um, well, yeah, it's true because we had Soldado as the big signing. Yeah. And he obviously <laughs> he started scoring. It was Hearts. I was at that game in Edinburgh. He started scoring in the Europa League. So most Spurs fans were like, well, you, you kind of, how can you now not pick him in the league? Because our striker's not doing it. He kind of got in on default because we all liked Soldado, but he couldn't put the ball in there, could he? Yes, that brilliant <laughs> clip going around before we played Forest of Ron Mason scoring against Forest at White Hart Lane in the League Cup. And the ball comes out and Soldado tries to smack it back in. It's already gone in the net and they're all celebrating. And he tries to smack it back in the net and he hits the post. <laughs> He's three yards out. And that sort of summed up his Spurs career. <laughs> Dude, unbelievable. Well, look, we're, we're running out of time. And, and before we go, um, as I said, we will continue uh, throughout the, the World Cup and obviously beyond. A very, very quick uh, chat. Julie, thoughts on how England will do uh, in this World Cup and who, if you had a pound to put on a team, who's going to lift the World Cup? Um, that's Uruguay. Uruguay. Okay, well, that'd be nice with Rodrigo Benton Kerr there. I'm not too sure. I haven't got in front of me who they've they've got and the permutations. I've got my World Cup chart in the kitchen. Actually, I'm you know afraid, what? I, so I do have it here, but you. it's very very small. And uh, Uruguay are in Portugal's group, Korea's group, and Ghana. Ghana. So yes, you can see them coming out of that group, and then the winner of Group H, if they win it, which they could do, play the runner out of Group G, which will probably be. Serbia, yeah, they, they they can have a decent run. They can have a decent run. Um, how do you think England will do? It's going to be this nightmare thing, isn't it, where where it's between England and Wales to get out of the group, and Wales beat England. Oh, <laughs> I. <Wow>. <laughs> and Johnny, where, where do you think England will finish, and who's your tip for the World Cup? Um, I think England will get to quarterfinals and go out. Right. Um. I think Iran might get out of the group with England as well. They're a really tough side. Uh, but I th and who do I think will win it? Um, I'm going to be boring and say Brazil. 
Really? Brazil or Argentina? But Brazil, yeah. Brazil, are, Brazil are the bookies' favourites. Yeah, I know it's boring. Brazil uh, or Argentina. I would put 50p on Denmark to get to the semi-final. They've got a really good team. So, Oh, really? Yeah, England to get to the quarterfinals. Brazil or Argentina to win it and Denmark to go quite far. That's quite good. Well, I'm going to go with the game. I think England will get to the quarters. Uh, if we, I'm just looking now. If we win our group, we if, we finish, if, we finish, if we finish runners up, we'll probably get Holland in uh, the next round. Uh, if we runners up, I don't Senegal. know. Senegal? Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, so we should get through that one. I agree. I'm going to go with. I think Argentina might do it. They, they've they got Mexico, Saudi Arabia and Poland. So you can see them getting out of that group relatively easily. And um, I'm just seeing who they'd get. If they do win it, Mike, we won't see Romero for three weeks. No, you're right. And they'd Afterwards. probably get... Oh, you say that. You talk Denmark. Denmark, France, Australia, Tunisia. If you think France would get through, it would be Argentina, Denmark... In the first knockout, so no, you're 50, I think I think you might have lost 50p. I think you lost your 50p there somehow. Um, I got. I, I'm going to go for Argentina. I just got a feeling um, they've got Messi's last final. Um, they could go all the way, but there's but there's no like big odds-on favourite. It's going to be a tough one because no one's played in <laughs> this time of the year. So the whole oh it's too hot kind of goes out the window. Um, but we've seen to have all gone for uh, uh, kind of uh, South American teams. Um, Simon, who, 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 Uruguay, who, you think Uruguay as well? So we've got two for Uruguay, I mean, one for Brazil, one for Argentina. Wow, yeah, I mean, it's a tough group to get out of, like South Korea and Portugal, they've got to pay, and Ghana is it as well? So, mm. yeah, I can see, I mean, I think they, I think they've got an incredible midfield, so we'll see. And are you all going to be watching the games? 11 a.m., 1 p.m., 5 p.m., 7 p.m.? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it, yeah. so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, are you? Are you going to go yeah. out, though? You've got to work for it from me? No, thankfully, I'm doing it from home. <laughs> doing it from the comfort of my own sofa. Yes, fair enough. Love I'm intrigued, actually, to know from the other guys, from the mm. Julian, Simon, will you, you know, there's no sort of, oh, I'm not watching that, it's in Qatar sort of thing. Well, I might go and um, I, I am thinking of going to uh, watch Dulwich Hamlet, in fact, as a sort of protest. Um, <laughs> but I'll, <laughs> probably I'll stop being high minded because, you know, it's there, it's on the telly. It's going to suck um, us in, isn't it? It's going to suck us yeah. in. Uh, I think a lot of England fans that normally travel haven't traveled for various reasons, some rightly because of their human rights record, some because it's just too expensive. Um, I know quite a lot of people that are staying in Dubai and then flying from Dubai to Qatar for the games that they've got tickets for rather than being stuck in Qatar. Um, it, it's going to be a weird, it's quite surreal, isn't it, that, that we're mm. talking about a World Cup now. And uh, But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll do I think, it. I think it's all of a piece of this insane season. I yes. mean, sort of yeah. parks back to what you were saying about, you know, everybody sort of has to play every three days and um, hasn't had time to train or practice. Um, and then, you know, we've got this major football event right in coming up to Christmas. It just, it's insane. Yeah, it is. Well, let, let's uh, leave it there. Uh, so don't forget, we'll be back uh, next week. Also look out for our... Uh, sort of sister show, never write off the Germans. We didn't mention Germany in that one. They're always there or thereabouts. 
Go and check that out. Please go and get your tickets for our Christmas show. It, it's uh, a bit of an institution. Now, it's so lovely to finally meet so many listeners and lots of uh, guests that come on the podcast, always come along. Uh, so go and get your tickets at belletta.co.uk. We've got as cheap as we can in these tough times. It's just 20 quid a ticket, 17.50 for standing. So come along with a few mates. Uh, it'd be lovely to see you there. And meet Paul Robinson, who's got some great stories. You're talking about Eris. He was he was in the last team that lifted a trophy in 2008, let's not forget. So uh, come and join us uh, in December. Julie, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck with the book. Everyone go out and get uh, the book that Julie's been uh, part of. Simon, you got any uh, bands, anything coming up that you'd like to uh, plug? Well, so much. You know, it's our 25th anniversary this year, so we've been kind of, you know, uh, non Stop with releases and big yeah. shows. There's a couple more releases. One, uh, a, a new artist called Sophie Jameson has an album coming out on the on December the 9th. Right. So that's uh, that's about the last thing we'll be putting out this year. So anyone that's that's interested in, in uh, something beautiful, uh, what, Sophie Jameson. What kind of what kind of stuff choosing. she does? What kind of stuff? Um, her kind of stuff is like uh, she's a singer songwriter, but she's writing about like difficult stuff like uh, addiction and relationships that will go horribly wrong, you know, like the right. best songs. Right. Fair <laughs> enough. And Johnny, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, no, no, no one cares about what the stats man's got to say, really. Well, we do. That's <laughs> why well, you, well, well, you come on. No, I come here to whinge about Spurs. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that wasn't that much whinge. I mean, again, we're no. so optimistic. You know, I thought, you know, uh, I thought there'd be more whinging, but there, there isn't. No, we, we won. We won our last game, so that's the point. No, you can follow me at John O'Blaine on Twitter, where I talk about Spurs and all other football-related stuff. Always good stats. Always good stats on your Twitter feed as well. Yeah, uh, I just hope you haven't, put, you haven't spent the eight dollars to get the blue ticket. Well, they've, they've, <laughs> they've done away with that now, haven't they? I think that's yeah, he's, that's so, crazy. Been I mean, who knows? Season. Who knows when we come back in the second half of the season whether Twitter will still be going? Uh, it sounds <laughs> like the, the losing uh, um, users like flies. Anyway, thank you so much for coming along. As I said, we will be back right. uh, next week and throughout the World Cup. We'll be focusing on Dyer, uh, you know, Rodon. Let's not forget Davis. Kane, Benton Kerr, uh, so many, Holbier, so many players, so many Tottenham players, Luis, so many there, and even Papa Matazar will go and will go and what I'll sit up at 11 o'clock in the morning and watch his games just for your uh, delectation. So we'll see you again next week. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.